I'm Janice Lobos-Sapigau. And I'm Paola Radellis. And this is... Panai Astrology. Two Panais, one podcast, BIPOC poems, pop culture, and the planets. And the planets! (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that it was my turn to say that last line, so thank you actually, pal, for putting the script up, because that's how I knew it was my turn. Um, week after week, I always tease Paula for putting the script in the chat, and this time I actually really needed it, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, it comes in handy. It doesn't hurt to have our intro script in the Zoom chat. <laughs> wow. Say it loudly and clearly. Thank you. I got it. I received it. Thank you. <laughs> So Janice and I are on the same time zone today because I just arrived to San Diego last night because I haven't seen my family or I haven't visited San Diego in about, it's been about three years, actually. Wow, it's been so long. I didn't know it had been three years. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) I I came for like one day in 2019. I think it barely counts because it it was it's almost like a stopover. Oh, you're... En route to a powerlifting competition, right? No, I was on my way back from like our every five years, like our union has like our big convention. So it was in Vegas in 2019. Oh. And so all yeah, unfortunately all I could do was like a day, like after it was ended, I like just stopped over in San Diego for a day and then came back to Hawaii. Oh, okay. Got it. I sometimes you have powerlifting events in Vegas and you have um, union work. And so I think I just kind of throw them all in the same bucket of my mind. <laughs> I, I get confused with them too. But yes, I had to. I'm in Vegas way more than I would like. Like Janice and I spent a lot of time in Vegas when we were in college at the clubs, oh and that was fun. But now I go to Vegas for powerlifting competitions and work, and sometimes fun. I did have one fun trip exactly like a year ago. So that was it. <laughs> Oh my God. I love how Paula is always willing to talk about our clubbing days. Yes, we went to Vegas a lot. Um, I know I went to Vegas, even if I like couldn't necessarily afford it, but we were like, (laughs) okay, if we get to the club before 10 PM, we'll be able to get in for free. And then we can use all of these um, drink coupons that we would pick up from promoters off of the strip. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh my God. Yep. Um, was way too broke for this life, but just went along for the ride anyway. You Mm -hmm. know, my highlight Vegas trip with you all was when we saw Britney Spears' circus tour. (laughs) (laughs) We did. We saw, um, Britney Spears and the Pussycat Dolls open for them. I think we referenced this once on the show. We might've, (laughs) because it was, it's just that good. It's just that good. <laughs> and Aww. the astrology of Britney Spears and the Pussycat Dolls is like really, really freaking amazing. There's like a bunch of other like as- people on Astro Twitter who've done really good threads on like the astrology of both of those people. Oh my gosh, actually. I think I've seen them because I think you have liked or retweeted them. Um, yes, I love that. I I think like one of my favorite trips from when we went to Vegas was like. Um, I think it was after a final, you know, like since we were in college in San Diego, we decided to just kind of go after, um, after our last final. And I remember packing a bag to go to my class. And then we went to Vegas right when the final was over. 
um i don't know if you remember that paula do you remember i that? do remember that i mean keep in mind these are these are still like what six hour road trips like it's not it's yeah. no joke we like never flew there we always drove because again we're broke <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if we had flown it would have been so much money for like a 30 minute plane ride and so we were like it's definitely better for us if we drive and plus we got to like drive around um but yeah that was a great time so <laughs> so that's the past <laughs> how how are you doing Janice uh, um I I have been just like kind of like saying goodbye to 2020 in different ways um I don't know if, I think I mentioned it last week just kind of saying goodbye to like my last office hour or like my last email or um you know my last thing that I'm grading so I'm really ready to just kind of like finish grading I'm not done yet but I will be done hopefully by tomorrow um and just having like hella empathy and thinking about um like certain students and their grades and just trying to figure out like damn like what did this student go through this semester and so sometimes that helps me figure out like does this grade match their effort and their struggle and the things that they've been going through so I don't know if all teachers do that but I definitely do that before I assign anything as like a final grade um so yeah I have hella empathy for them and I think I've just had the most anticlimactic ending to any semester I've ever taught um, and I was thinking about how this is like my eighth year teaching. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I cannot. Year eight. I know. Oh. And, you know, hopefully in two years, I'll be able to qualify for loan forgiveness or hopefully all of our student debt will just be forgiven by then, whichever. Yeah, come first. on, Biden, <laughs> make it happen. Yes. Yes, uh, we remember, we remember and we won't forget. So I'm hoping that happens. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about that and how like, in no other time would I have thought it would have been like this. Um, but yeah, so that's something I'm like really trying to end very soon. Um, and then I don't know, I was telling Paula before we started that there's just a lot of like family and like personal things that I'm um, like sorting through, like really still trying to process. And um, yeah, I'm also sitting with like, or standing rather with major sciatica pain at this moment and how I looked up sort of like the meta metaphysical definition of, um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I looked up the metaphysical definitions of um, what it means to have sciatica. And it means that like, I am fearing something and this pain that's preventing me from walking is me standing in my own way, so. That's what I'm dealing with at this moment right now. <laughs> uh, that sucks. I hope no. your sciatica gets better. But I was telling Janice that, yeah, we were talking about this like right before recording. And I was saying this is very timely for our episode on Saturn because mm -hmm. I think I mean, I, I think I, I, it's not just us two, but I've been hearing even just other stories on Astro Twitter of people getting very excited, myself in included, about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction happening just on the, um, yeah, just on the 19th. And yeah, I think it is overall an exciting thing, but it's also good. You have to remember like, oh, it's still Saturn. Like Saturn is still a malefic planet that still like really wants to remind us to like kind of get on top of our shit. And mm. I, my kind of... <laughs> 
Yeah, and it just sucks too because if for me in particular, both Saturn and Jupiter are now squaring like my Moon and Taurus, and you know the Moon represents like our like um it represents our bodies, and I like four hours before my flight to San Diego, like was sprinting at the gym, knowing full well that I get a lot of injuries from running, and mm-hmm. I was hungover because I got super drunk the night before, <laughs> and I popped my calf. And it fucking hurt. And I can, I I was luckily still able to walk, but like extremely, extremely slowly, like so slowly that when I got to the desk um, to check in my bag at the airport, the gate, the the front desk attendants were like, do you need a wheelchair to the gate? And I was like, yeah, please. I know. I'm sorry, pal. But I feel like yeah I feel like both of us it's just to me it's just like yeah I think one of the big messages Saturn just sends out in general is to like slow the fuck down and or somebody mm. who just like puts things to like it does a complete halt to mm. um yeah like you know for me anyway in my case it's like yeah I probably really shouldn't like get fucking drunk right before work out. <laughs> damn you're right there are those like different meanings or different ways to kind of like extract an understanding from what's going on with you like um I really like the way you put it and I'm it's weird how funny not funny but interesting that we both are sitting with different kinds of injuries right now so this seems to always happen to us from like the first week when we recorded and we were wearing the same color and then that one week when we're talking about Venus and we were both sleepy and now we're both here just kind of like nursing ourselves (laughs) Oh, Saturn, <laughs> of all things, just reminding us of our age. <laughs> mm, I know, I know, Saturn. Um, do you want to start telling us about Saturn, pal? Yeah, might as well, because we're already kind of talking about Saturn. So yeah, we're going to be talking about Saturn today. And Saturn's main significations are limits, boundaries, patience, endurance, legacy, and discipline. And Mm -hmm. it's Saturn is the slowest moving of these kind of seven traditional planets. It takes forever to kind of get around the solar system. And so it's no surprise that it kind of tends to represent, um, yeah, like endurance, right? Or things moving slowly and patience and legacy, right? Because it takes it takes years, if not decades or centuries even to like build a legacy. And so, um, so yeah, Saturn is just like kind of the slowest moving of the planets we've discussed already. It's going to be the last planet we discuss in this series. Like, I can't believe we already wrap all seven up or about to. Um, yeah. But yeah, to like get a good understanding of Saturn, I think it's important to just kind of look at the signs that it does really well in and doesn't do as well in because um, as we've discussed in each of the episodes, each planet um, rules like at least one or two signs is exalted in like another sign and um, is in detriment and fall in some other signs. And so um, with Saturn, Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius it's the only planet that rules two signs that are like right next to each other which I think is like really really interesting to me because it means that when um you're <laughs> when you're in like a oh god now like, it, like there's a technique called annual perfections where it's like every year of your life you have like a sign in a house that's like activated for you that year so like 
when you start a Capricorn year, it's going to be eventually followed by an Aquarius year. So you get two Saturn ruled years in a row, which like I'm in the middle. I'm, I, I'm in an Aquarius year right now. So um, I could go on and on about how much Saturn fucked with my life these past two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> past Dang. year, really. Um, Damn. But yeah, like the signs of like Capricorn, the reason why Saturn does really well in like Capricorn and Aquarius is they're both signs that really like structure. And then it's really fascinating because in very different ways, like Capricorn gets a lot of just the stereotype of being like the CEO sign, right? It's just like, they want to uh-huh. like get shit done and like always have like a plan and a strategy and, um, and then they move on it. And there is truth to that. Like, but just keep in mind, like I think a lot of those significations are just more of a reflection of our capitalist society but yes yeah. <laughs> Saturn <laughs> does um yeah I think do, Capricorns can do really well in those kind of roles because like Saturn it's it's you know it's different than like Mars energy right like like Mars and Aries is like okay let's like the bulldoze through this wall to get from point A to point B like Saturn's kind of like no let's keep the wall because walls are important (laughs) and let's like find better ways to like kind of get around the walls to still get to point b right and that could take more time right than trying to just blast through a wall and so um so yeah that's i think that's why saturn does really or that's why capricorns kind of have those significations and then aquarius is also like you know a lot of people get surprised when i when people like traditional astrologers say that aquarius like structure because i like i think a lot of the modern interpretations of Aquarius is that Aquarius is like the rebel and is like the revolutionary and it's like Mm. I like revolutionary like a little bit better as a like signification for Saturn or for Aquarius but I think people have to keep in mind right again revolutionaries aren't just like it's not about like, throwing bombs and like and then like oh the revolution's gonna happen it's like no this stuff takes time it takes organizing mm-hmm. and structure and it just it takes plans and mm-hmm. I feel like Aquarius's energy is like different than a Capricorn and that like Aquarius is like um I think it's a lot of just like quality control type like energy where it's like okay let's like assess what structures are in place and then like let's look at like what's working and for what's working let's keep it if, or even make it better and then like what's mm-hmm. not working we're either gonna like fix that or we're gonna like toss it all out like completely and so mm-hmm. um nonetheless both of those signs just like kind of do really really well with just like the structure and discipline that like Saturn brings um Saturn's exalted in Libra which I think is like really interesting I think people will get kind of surprised by that because Libra again gets these stereotypes it's just like oh my god like we love outfits and being pretty (laughs) and stuff (laughs) but but um but yeah I think a lot of people forget too that like Libra is all about like you know yeah Libra is like like being able like you know socializing and like being that's like could be that social butterfly sign but like there is also just structures and systems that come with socializing as well. Like there's all these societal norms that I think Libra can be really, really good at like being attuned to. And so the, I think that's why Saturn does really well too in the sign of Libra, because it's like all these Venusian things, like even beauty and like connecting with others and all that stuff. It's like, well, they also come with just societal norms and like expectations and systems too that Saturn kind of mm-hmm. um, upholds. So, mm-hmm. 
And then as for the signs that Saturn does not do as well in, Saturn is in its detriment in both Cancer and Leo. And that's really fascinating to me that Saturn doesn't do really well in the signs that are ruled by the moon and the sun. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier about with the injuries. Like the the moon is our bodies and the sun is our vitality. Like it's like our energy levels. And it's like Saturn (laughs) can kind of really kind of put a damper on I think those things and so like like even with us just kind of dealing with these injuries it's just like damn like our physical bodies are like literally just kind of being forced to slow down right now and so when like Saturn's in Cancer or Leo what it means is like it just kind of um will struggle to kind of do the things that like like if Saturn's really just like about discipline and legacy it like struggles in Leo because again leo is just like about like ourself and like our egos and sometimes like yeah the reality is like our egos can often get away without like get in the way of us just thinking about what's the long-term benefit not just for ourselves but for like the society and the community and um and then as for like saturn like kind of really struggling in a sign like cancer again like cancer is just like a, all about like our just immediate physical like an emo- like emotional nourishment and like can saturn can um Saturn's all good about like delaying gratification and so can really um be like have like that that can be tough for Saturn in Cancer and then Saturn is is in its falls in Aries because again as I was just describing earlier like Mars energy is very different than like Saturn energy like Saturn wants to break through walls and or Mars wants to break through walls Saturn's like no let's think this through like for a long time okay (laughs) um let's not do anything rash or impulsive and so when Saturn is in Aries it's like kind of really fascinating because again planets in their fall can sometimes be like a little bit like excessive like it could be like that like too much um like Saturn and Aries just like um I think can be like disciplined to like an extreme like doing like a crazy like cleanse or something or <laughs> like deciding like to yeah yeah you know I, I when I think of Saturn and Aries yeah I think of like just like cleanses or just like a crazy like workout like extreme workout routine or just like all that kind of stuff or it's just kind of like discipline but like you know let's like go a little overboard <laughs> with it yes yeah like not yeah. it like borders discipline it becomes chaotic yeah yeah exactly exactly so that's um that's saturn and the science it rules like any thoughts on that so far janice I mean, no wonder I'm having a hard time emotionally. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking about that with like Saturn and Aquarius. And um, if I, I don't know, I'm, this explains a lot. And I'm also, again, like plugging in people. Like, I totally know um, Aquarius signs who are like, you know, like, uh, fuck the police, but also let's see, let's have a plan for what we're going to have in place. Like, I see a lot of that also happening. Um but yeah, I just, uh, no wonder, I just, no wonder I had such a hard time emotionally during my Saturn return. Mm. <laughs> That's what I keep thinking of right here. Oh my God. Uh, we are definitely going to talk about Saturn returns in this episode yeah. because it's like, yeah. you can't talk about Saturn without talking about Saturn returns, which are so mm-hmm. often talked about, even with folks who like don't, aren't super well-versed in astrology. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, you know, Saturn is a malefic planet, so as we've kind of described earlier, like, um, in uh, previous episodes, like, some planets, like, Jupiter and Venus are benefics, and so they're kind of just generally kind of looking out overall for your well-being, whereas the malefic planets, Mars and Saturn, um, really can fuck up your life, (laughs) um, but depending on the condition of, like, your natal Saturn, like, uh, um, you know, I would say for the most part, it, it really is, like, meant to kind of benefit you or like make you grow but um but the reality is yeah life is just full of shit <laughs> sometimes it's like good shit and bad shit and the malefics are just going to be all about that like not so good shit and so saturn like all of the other planets has a house that it prefers to be in and so saturn's preferred house or the house that it joys in is the 12th house which is not surprising at all because the 12th house represents isolation <laughs> and mm. it represents secrets and it also represents like anything outside of like the margins of society so like in you know olden times when you used to get exiled as like a punishment which you rarely see these days it's um that used to be a 12th house type of thing like exile and um and so things like yeah but it, it represents anything like it, I, I think that one like I think the 12th house also often comes up as just like marginalized communities as well as or you know even like people or like subcultures that choose to be outside of the margins of society and so that's saturn really likes to be in the 12th house because again it's it's isolation and saturn's all about like being alone and Mm. um and yeah and Mm. as for like saturn cycles it spends about two and a half to three years in each sign so when you know we're about to talk about the saturn return in a bit so um each of our saturn returns last for about that long because your saturn return lasts for the entirety that saturn is in the sign that um it was in when you when you were born it's not just Mm -hmm. when saturn's like exactly on top of your needle saturn and so that means it takes about 28 to 30 years total for Saturn to get around the entire zodiac. So again, it's the slowest of the planets that we've been discussing. As for Saturn um, retrogrades, they're very similar to Jupiter, Jupiter retrogrades. They're a little bit longer. They take um, Saturn's about retrograde for about like five months of the year. And th- so they're pretty common, you know, like it happens once a year usually. And it's like every single year for like five months, it's almost half of the year that Saturn Mm. is retrograde actually. And so, um, I think Saturn retrogrades, just like Jupiter retrogrades, then are going to be kind of subtle, you know, it's like not, it doesn't have like just kind of the instantaneous chaos that like a Mercury retrograde or even a Venus retrograde can bring. Mm. It's like a little bit more subtle and, you know, we were talking last week about Jupiter retrogrades calling to question of like, how do you find hope (laughs) in a Mm. hopeless place? yeah Saturn's question is gonna be more like how do you stay disciplined even when no one is watching but remember Saturn's always watching (laughs) yes oh my god (laughs) and so so our last Saturn retrograde happened from May through September of this year of 2020 and then we're not going to get another one this one will be an Aquarius from it's going to be May through October of 2021 and so we have a bit until we get our next Saturn retrograde but um yeah I think um that's like (laughs) I think you know I I think I I remember talking last week about like Jupiter retrograde and Saturn retrograde were basically happening at the same time this year and it's going to be like that again that that next year but with this like Jupiter retrograde I remember talking last week about like how you know the months between May through September were when people started getting kind of really like antsy about like 
the shelter in place stuff especially toward mm-hmm. the end and mm-hmm. um and so jupiter represents freedom so it's just like, i think everyone was just feeling like that antsiness but then at the same time though like saturn is all about discipline right and just like adhering to the rules and so i think there was just a lot of a mix of that with just like so many people especially here in the united states where there were a lot of people who were just like freedom like i like i don't want a business or the government telling me to wear a mask or not and Mm -hmm. so um Mm -hmm. yeah i felt like that that was kind of coming up i felt like between may through september of this year um so saturn returns so yes like we all go through it we all experience it right around age 27 for most people and so what that what the saturn return is is again it's like saturn returning to the sign that it was when you were born so janice and i have saturn sagittarius as well as just like really anyone who was born like around like 1986 1987 and so um all of us started experiencing our Saturn return when Saturn came back to the sign of Sagittarius. And so it lasts around like three years and it's going to kind of depend on, again, just Saturn's retrograde cycle, but sometimes like, yeah, Saturn will go retrograde once every year. So you'll get like usually two to three retrogrades during like your entire like Saturn return. And sometimes Mm -hmm. like it'll go back into the previous sign or sometimes it just ends up just staying in that sign the entire time. But the total time overall is like around like two and a half to three years. And so, Mm -hmm. um, people really look at the Saturn return as like a real like coming of age transit because it's like the first time that like Saturn comes and it, yeah, again, like those significations of just like, like, legacy and discipline and boundaries and limits and like all that stuff can like kind of really really come up during your Saturn return and just like in terms of what kind of themes like or what will come up with you specifically it's just going to depend on your own chart like um you know I definitely like would strongly recommend anyone just talk to an astrologer there are astrologers actually even specifically do Saturn return readings but I think even like a natal chart astrologer you could totally ask them you know questions about like oh what do I expect from my Saturn return or I'm in the middle of my Saturn return like what do you what 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 do you recommend I do (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but yeah like I think it's going to depend a lot on like what Saturn like where Saturn is in your chart um like you know you look you look at what sign Saturn's in you look at like what house Saturn's in and like for me for example like Saturn is in Sagittarius in like my eighth house and the eighth house represents things like like debt and like other people's money and shared resources and like mm-hmm. the biggest thing one of the biggest things that happened to me during my Saturn return was we like my ex-husband and I paid off all of our student loans like by the end of my Saturn return like we um very very aggressively started paying off those student loans like right when my Saturn return began Hmm. I remember that I was like so happy for you and also very jealous but I'm really happy for you (laughs) yes I, I I'm very happy too and I want this for everyone which is why Biden definitely needs to forgive student loan debt like I have zero stake in this game personally but I don't fucking care like everyone no one deserves student loan debt and no one needs to go through what I went through or any of us went through yeah totally I totally know what you mean wow I didn't know that was during your Saturn return pal but that makes total sense now that we're just kind of looking back um yeah I 
this is like maybe the only thing that I was really keeping track of in terms of astrology, um, like four to five years ago was just like Saturn return. And I remember I actually wrote about it in my friend's book. Um, her name is Kim Davalos. She authored this book, Delilah's daughter. And, um, this book was a hella Saturn return because, you know, I, and I think the way that I was interpreting it before was like, okay, like once here's what I had learned to just like from like friends, um, they would always talk about how like, you know, in your twenties, you're sort of like building your identity so that you can become more settled in your thirties. And so when I was in my twenties, I was like, oh shit, like this is a good time to build things that I can settle into for the rest of my life. And, um, the thirties then, uh, symbolized for me, like, a chance to like make a home based on all of the experiences that I've had, the people that I've met. And um, so I was looking forward to like hitting 30, you know, I was like, fuck, like being in my twenties was so fucking unstable emotionally, like friendships. Like I remember moving a lot, like just like from college back home or back home to, you know, when I moved to LA, like, and then LA back, like it was just so hard. And so, um, all of that, like all of those movements just kind of led me to think like, okay, like what are also some of the issues that I hadn't dealt with in my twenties or like before then, Mm. because I knew that going into my Saturn return in my thirties would mean I'd have to find a way to like, not necessarily settle or solve, but to kind of like make peace with the things in my life that were, um, always on my mind and bringing me trouble or stress in my twenties, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just remember writing about that and can I read like two lines that I wrote about Saturn return? Yes, please. <laughs> it's like much longer than this, but I think the, these are like uh, very relevant. So I wrote, uh, in the intro of Kim's book, I wrote, um, Saturn return doesn't absolve you of problems rather it pushes you to examine all of the most important parts of your life and to decide which parts you'll take with you on your journey and which ones you'll choose to leave behind. Saturn Mm. return is a map of the sky, a rite of passage, and the closest way for us and our ancestors to be informed about our futures and to make meaning from the celestial. So that kind of, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about like, how is all of this shit (laughs) that I'm going through, what will it, what will it equal? What will it mean later on? Um, And I remember going through Saturn return for the first time, the same time my mom was going through Saturn, her her Saturn return the second time. And that caused a lot of friction between us. And that's, that's very much tied to my Saturn return. Like, oh, my mom and I are, are butting heads. We're fighting. We're disagreeing on a lot of things. Um, and it was hard. It was hard to just kind of like move through that together. So yeah, that's like my Saturn return story is like, I remember asking friends who were older than me, like, hey, like, does this get better? <laughs> like, is there a way to like finally be okay with my mom? And they were like, yes, like it's fucking hard, but it's going to come. So mm-hmm. I just kind of trusted that would happen. And and I think we like somehow settled it out. Like we, we you know, I love my, I love my mom so much. So I think like we we're able to work it out. That's awesome. I'm really, really glad you shared that. And I love that what you wrote, like, <laughs> 
I think even your point on like ancestors, like it's just like a good like Saturn. Saturn's time, right? Like Saturn is the god of time, like in Greco-Roman yeah. mythology, and it's like yeah, Saturn's legacy. But you have to also just like remember whose legacy like you're already building on, right? Like you are mm-hmm. like your ancestors' legacy in like a lot of ways, and so. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, that's like a yeah, it's like really interesting that your mom and you were going through your Saturn return like at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. One like really common like trope that I hear about Saturn returns that like bothers me like a little bit is I'll, I'll hear some folks say that like oh like if you don't like learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn in your Saturn return then it's gonna like bite you in the ass and then like mm. you're not gonna be able to learn it again until your second Saturn return I'm like what the hell and like I want to assure anyone out there who's like hasn't had their Saturn return or is just starting their Saturn return because all the folks in Saturn Aquarius right now are have like are now officially like starting their Saturn returns like mm-hmm. no like I think that's oversimplistic and like stupid like yeah like I think our Saturn returns definitely are about like learning lessons but it's not like the lessons stop after the Mm -hmm. Saturn return like I um like my Saturn return was definitely like a lot of lessons around like um like around like life purpose like it was definitely like you said right like 20s are just like such an unstable time and it was really about like trying to find like stability like going into my 30s and then like now I'm 33 and it's like a lot of those like existing notions of stability are still being like shaken up but it's just Mm. like oh it's just new lessons it's the same lessons just being built on top of like what I did learn like during Mm -hmm. the Saturn return so yeah, no, it's that I, I don't think people should view their Saturn returns as like, okay, like you got to pass the test before you turn 30 or you're mm-hmm. just fucked for life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's not like the test will come back again in 30 years. Like, I really like, I think it'll be rough, but I think it's still going. You're right. Like, it's on, it's ongoing. Ugh, yeah. Saturn never also, stops. <laughs> it's this constant yes. test. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also read that like Saturn will show the soul when it's time to return. And I was like, oh shit. Like that means like not only return in terms of um, like, you know, developmentally, whatever is taking place, but also like it will tell the soul when it's time to return home, wherever that home is. And I actually thought that was really beautiful. So um, I mean, in some ways then, we would only get to experience Saturn two or three times in our lives, right? Yeah. Like in terms of just the Saturn returns. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, if it's like, if Saturn is to show us the way, then it also kind of shows us what it means to age or get older or to have more experiences. So yeah, I don't know. Fuck, life is so precious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I, I do feel like that is probably one of just the big lessons that Saturn just tries to teach all of us is yeah. that time is finite, you know, and like, mm-hmm. um, but it is just kind of ironic because Saturn really does like want us, it wants us to like kind of take our time on things too, but also it's just constantly reminding us that our time is so limited here. Yeah. It's like a really yeah. kind of delicate balance. Oh man, pal, do you remember too? This is like kind of a tangent, but do you remember that there's a no doubt album called like The Return of Saturn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back then I was like, what the fuck does this mean? You know, but now oh I understand. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I want to look back at the tracks of the album then and where each of like the like um the band members were at. Yeah. Oh I think God. one of them had that song Ex-Girlfriend on there. Is Ex-Girlfriend on that one? I, I have a feeling so. it's Ex-Girlfriend and maybe Don't Speak might be on there. Ooh, I think Don't Speak is on a different one. Oh, never mind then. Don't um, speak was my the- first breakup song. Oh my gosh, that was my breakup with my best friend song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex girlfriend is on Return of Saturn and Simple Kind of Life and Bath Water. If you remember, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, Return oh of Saturn. God. I I get it now. Back then, I was like, is this like, is this like an alien thing? Like, I just did not know. Wow. Now I understand. Yeah, oh, this is hard. Yeah. I'm like, open the wiki for this album, and uh-huh. there's like the one of the first lines in the one of the first paragraphs is the lyrics to many of the songs describe singer Gwen Stefani's pining for a more domestic life, contrasting that with her commitment to a music career, and that fucking hits hard right now because I feel yeah. like that is just a lot of what I'm thinking about right now, <laughs> even yeah. post Saturn Return. Wow, yeah, let's go back and listen to it and see like what other meanings we can get from it now oh my gosh let's yeah. all right just to wrap up with saturn um so where saturn's at today like saturn entered aquarius just a few days ago as i said and entered with jupiter and like i said in the last episode that's like a big deal like this the jupiter saturn conjunction because it really only happens every 20 years but this is the first one in air sign since 1802 so we yeah it's like kind of a really big freaking deal but just to kind of just specifically hone in on saturn like saturn was actually in aquarius for a little bit earlier this year between march and june 2020 but did not have <laughs> jupiter with it that time and so mm-hmm. um that was end of march 2020 by the way so it was like it, it, saturn entered aquarius right when most of the united states and maybe some probably some other countries too shut down um because of covid (laughs) um that i i know i was looking at my just diary entries from like those months of saturn and aquarius just to brace myself for like this go around Mm and um yeah no it was that was a wild ride and so yeah you know for anyone at home like look if you if you journal you know which i always highly recommend you should just really look back at like what happened what was going on with you between march and june of this year of 2020 because it could give you a preview of like what kind of themes could kind of come up over the next two and a half years of Saturn and Aquarius? Oh my <laughs> gosh, so- pal. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Can I point out something really yeah. quick? So um, if Saturn, well, since Saturn was in Aquarius from March to June of this year, um, I think that's relevant for Californians because that's also around the time that shelter in place was like, um, was very much enforced and encouraged. And that's also what we're kind of living under right now. Um, from like early December to early January will be under the same kind of shelter in place um, policies. So damn, I think <laughs> I think that kind of matches, but also another way to look at it would be like, what were you dealing with or doing at that time too? Like not only being at home, but what was happening while you were at home? So, yeah, for me, yeah. it was like, I think for the very, it, it just dawned on me that this was like 
my this is my very first time living alone period and then like now I was mm. doing it in the middle of like shelter in place and had to really kind of come to grips for like the first time in my like really really come to grips with just like my abandonment issues and just like all this mm. past trauma and stuff like very very Saturnian just like a lot of Saturn lessons this year but it was just also like I, I, I kind of realized for me I was like this is like like this is kind of like the final boss for me in a lot of ways like I figured out so much in my life and this is kind of like really the biggest problem like left in my life like how do I fucking fix this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah wow. oh man Saturn as yeah I mean I'm jumping ahead to look at your notes but yeah Saturn is definitely a big deal for that and so many reasons yeah so for those of you who have Saturn in Aquarius, you are now starting your Saturn return and this will continue. Saturn will be in Aquarius, like just straight through. It's not going to go into any of other signs again until March, 2023. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty huge. Like, um, I mean, I don't know if you have any just like post Saturn return advice for the folks who like have Saturn in Aquarius, but actually my, this is my, this is going to be my parents' second Saturn return. Like, it's kind of funny that I'm like here at my parents' house right now. <laughs> They're, they've been like, I'm not like, oh shit, wait, they both have Saturn in Aquarius. So no. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about this in terms of like what advice like I would give, but mm-hmm. I would just like like I don't know like with any transit really I think you like just lean into it as much as like possible you know like rather than waiting for the lessons to happen because you know they're going to come anyway like what are some of the just like the lessons you want to learn and like want to be proactive mm-hmm. about like I will say this about my Saturn return like it, it was it was like ch- there was challenging times like I was really just trying to like find that stability like figure out who I was like I got married during this time like I was like really getting trying to get comfortable with like my job is in labor like in a labor union at the time um but I will say like you know like my self-discipline like almost suddenly transformed overnight like when it began like this is like also when I got into powerlifting like this is like yeah all the time I got into powerlifting and then I got really really disciplined in my finances I described earlier and like I my calendaring and like time prioritization like I procrastinate on almost like nothing nowadays like it's just like really Mm. really rare now that I procrastinate on things and Mm. um so yeah I think Saturn returns can like they they don't they're not all horrendous and yeah of course they're gonna be challenging with lessons but I think there's also just ways you can like just really really like lean into the lessons Mm, I like that yeah I like that I agree I would say like maybe if, if I could give advice it would be Definitely like be patient. I know I feel like we say that a lot, at least every other week on this (laughs) podcast, but it's true, right? Like, I think um, like to be patient in um, like, how do I say it? Like not just with time, but also like in not making very harsh and rash decisions. Like I found that one of the things that was causing tension between me and my mom was like, I felt like I couldn't say things to her. Like I felt like I couldn't tell her um, that I often thought about my dad who passed away, her first husband, you know, like I, I wanted to tell her so many things. And I felt like at the time that like my dad was trying to reach out to me. And I fully believe that even though people pass away, like they still have the ability to teach you things, you know, in, in what they leave behind legacy or in, um, you know, the things that belong to them. And then suddenly being of use to you at a certain age, right? Like, I think in those ways, like patience kind, kind of like pays off you know 
Um, and so like me being able to kind of like break through my shit to be able to talk with her and say like, Hey, I think like my dad wants me to tell you that he still loves you. And he wants to know if you love him too, you know, like, I don't know why I had those thoughts or those questions come to me, but they came and they came intensely and I knew I needed to share it with her. So once I did that, I think my mom could see like, oh shit, like my daughter is a woman. My daughter has these very different like spiritual understandings that are not Catholic, you know, and I think she started to lean on me a little more. Um, And so in that way, like my being able to say what I needed to say actually made me a better listener. Um, And so I think maybe now, I feel like now I'm a much better listener than I was in my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Not that I wasn't listening before, but I think, you know, being, um, especially like in early 20s, it's really easy to just be self-absorbed, whether it's like intentional or not. It's just really easy to be like, I need to focus on me and my stuff, you know? And now I just don't see things that way. I would not have gotten through my sad return if other people were not willing to listen to me, you know, especially people who had gone through it. So I would say that maybe there's some advice there, like listen, be patient and just like, you know, find the time or the way to say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it the being have- listening. I, I like the listening. Cause like, and I, just a reminder to folks, like that's a very, it's a, that's not a passive thing. That's like a, something that you have to like, you know, active listening, right. Is it's like such a big deal. And it really, really yeah. is real. It's like something you should really be like actively doing and uh, being patient and waiting is the same way too I know I've mm-hmm. also said this in previous episodes <laughs> as well like they're their actions like their actions and as much as like you like want to make them like actions so I think that's really great advice like listening mm-hmm. yeah yeah Damn. That's like what you're doing now if you're listening to this so <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening Noah <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent. I think if I read the stats correctly earlier this week, a hundred percent of people who listened to this, listened to the whole thing um, from last week. So I love this. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I think I've become a much better listener too. I think it is so real that it's something that like a lot of people in their twenties like struggle with. And it, it sucks now though, because I have very, very little patience now with, po- with folks who are like, aren't good listeners like now that I like I'm back in like dating again it's just like if someone's like not a listener like I'm just like my tolerance for it is just ugh, I hate it yeah. I don't like that shit. yeah and that's good to know right because as a, in your 30s right you can just say I don't like this shit but maybe in your 20s maybe you would have been like going along with it and then later on saying it so I think that's good <laughs> Very true. Yeah, me in my 20s would not have thought this was a thing. Me and my, yeah, dating, like, I've got to say, dating in my 30s has been, like, so much better than dating in my 20s. Like, I'll say that. So for those, again, people who are, like, listening and probably going through their Saturn returns are about to start their Saturn returns and may also, I mean, that's another thing about age, like, age 27 or, like, that late 20s is, like, a lot of people get, like, so much pressure to feel like they have to get married. And they had to like really start settling down in these like really traditional ways. And like both of us even talked about like us, we were both trying to really find that stability. But I think there's a very big difference between like trying to figure out, like find that stability versus like trying to like fit into what society is like definitely 
definitions are of stability like I would really challenge every single one of you all to just like really really think hard and deep about what is that stability like really really for you not based on what society is saying or your family is telling you or like you know if you have a romantic partner like what your romantic partner's like telling you and so mm-hmm. um yeah and and then of course yeah I think there's also folks too who are just like really like genuinely worried they're not gonna like find the one and that like they're 27 and it's like oh no and it's like no don't worry <laughs> dating in your 30s awesome <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and there are just like so many I remember thinking when I was younger like oh shit like there's only one person out there but I just feel like there are so many in friendships in like work collaborations and work settings like there's just so many great people not all people are great though and I think that's one of the good things is like talk with someone about people who are not good and then you can't talk about those people with just anyone you know so I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, pal. Um, I have so many questions now, but I'm going to like, hold off. <laughs> about Saturn or about dating in your 30s? <laughs> dating in your 30s? <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we could just even just do an episode on that. Actually, I mean, that would be really interesting because it's like, I'm single in my 30s and like, you've been married now for, oh my God, like your two year anniversary mm-hmm. is coming up. Yeah, wow. it is. Yeah. Yeah, I have so many thoughts about that. But yes. <laughs> we can talk about it after this recording <laughs> or in a future episode for sure. I will always yeah, tell. We will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wraps up my thoughts on Saturn. Okay. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. Um, hold on. Maybe one more like last note to make as I'm just looking at my notes right now. Um I think the big thing happening with Saturn in 2021 specifically is that Saturn, so Saturn's in Aquarius and then Uranus is still in Taurus. And so that means that Saturn and Uranus will be squaring each other for 2020. And like that square like goes exact like a few times in the year. I don't have those exact dates off the top of my head. I think the first one's in February actually. And Mm -hmm that's going to be an interesting like transit that's going to kind of color this year like again Saturn like structure and like wants kind of things to kind of stay the way they are you know like it will only really kind of make changes they kind of really see the long-term benefit Uranus is like wants to change things all the time and unpredictably and just is like all about innovation and so there's going to be since they're squaring one another just gonna be a lot of tension like in the air I think and globally I think that's absolutely going to be around like this like still dealing with COVID still dealing with society mm-hmm. with COVID like we've rolled out the vaccines now like we're going to continue to roll them out all over the world and mm-hmm. um this is of course already raising a bunch of questions around like can they make the vaccine mandatory should the government make the vaccine mandatory should employers make vaccines mandatory how about schools like mm-hmm. um there's gonna be and then just like a lot of just yeah philosophical the deeper questions about vaccines and um yeah I think a lot of that's just gonna continue into this year like I think even if like we fully roll out the vaccine like I think there's just all these like still just like I think there's gonna be a lot of questions still like to kind of deal with like with the pandemic and so um yeah or who has access to the vaccine I mean there's a lot of questions like I just saw like one of our mutual friends actually like um I saw her post that like the Philippines is gonna be one of the last countries to get the vaccine Mm -hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. the Philippines is like, we like literally export nurses 
all and other healthcare workers like all over the world and we're going to be the last mm-hmm. ones to get the vaccine it's fucked up but yeah anyway so yeah I think that's just kind of my last note on Saturn is like even though Saturn's is about like can be rigid and can be about structure like Uranus is gonna really kind of just shake things like literally shake things up for like Saturn in 2021 so really interesting to see what comes up oh my gosh yeah thanks for bringing up those good points and like grounding it in like what's going on right now especially with the covid vaccine rollout like i have been seeing the news about the philippines being one of the last countries to get it and yeah you know everything is like it's still amplifying the same questions the same problems the same structures you know like who gets access to what that's still something that we're thinking about so damn pal yeah we will we'll see what happens we'll see what the skies say (laughs) yep we'll still be talking we'll be talking about it all throughout the year on this podcast so yeah um I hopefully have chosen a poem that is aligned with our talk about Saturn so it's definitely aligned with um why I chose it and like my story with my mom and both of us going through Saturn return at the same time um should I go ahead and introduce it yes please Okay, um, so this poem is called While Looking at Photo Albums by Kay Ulandai Barrett. Um, I really like Kay's work and I just thought this would be fitting for a conversation. And Kay's bio is as follows. Kay Ulandai Barrett is a published poet, performer, educator, food blogger, cultural worker, and transgender, gender non-conforming, and disability advocate based in New York and New Jersey, whose work has been showcased nationally and internationally. Um, Kay has authored two books, um, the most recent one being More Than Organs, which I'm actually reading right now. So um, that also prompted me to uh, want to read this poem. Um, Okay, so I guess I will read it. Should I give more context? I feel like that's it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Okay. Uh, Pal, do you have the photo to a uh, photo of the poem? Just want to yes, make sure. I had, okay. Yeah, I got it off the Google Doc. Okay, great. This poem uh, is called While Looking at Photo Albums by Kay Ulande Barrett, Christmas Eve 2016. Before everyone died in my family, first definition I learned was my mother's maiden name, Ulande, which literally means of the rain. And biology books remind us the pouring has a pattern, has purpose, namesake means release. For my mother meant flee, meant leave, know exactly what parts of you slip away. Drained sediment of a body is how a single mama feels on the graveyard shift, only God is awake, is where my family banked itself a life rooted in rosaries, like nuns in barricade, scream, people power, one out of five leave to a new country. The women in my family hone in my heart like checkpoints, which is what they know, which is like a halt, not to be confused for stop, which is what happened to my ma's breath when she went home for the last time. I didn't get to hold her hand as she died. I said I tried just translates to I couldn't make it in time. I tell myself ocean salt and water salt are one and the same. I press my eyes shut, cup, ghost, howl, cheeks, splint, woodworn, which is to say, I learned to make myself a harbor anyway. Once I saw a pamphlet that said, what to do when your parent is dead. I couldn't finish reading, 
but I doubt it informs the audience what will happen, which is to say, you will pour your face and hands and smother your mother's scream on everything. You touch, turns eyelids into oars, go paddle to find her. Ah, I love this poem. Um, I wanted to read this because it definitely reminds me of Saturn Return and um, my mother and what it was like to kind of go through it at the same time. This is also the poem that I excerpted and put as prayer cards for like my mom's memory card. So um, because my mom like passed away earlier on during like the COVID pandemic, um, we weren't able to have a big funeral. And so I put parts of this poem on the prayer cards that I sent to our whole family and our friends. Um, and so it just kind of reminds me of that time. Like, and, you know, I think during this time, it's just been a lot of loss, a lot of grief. Um, and also like, I hope people can take a look at the poem too, because it has these um, dashes almost like in between every few phrases. And I've seen a version of this where the dashes actually look like, um, I forget what they're called, like the Enya, like the, the squiggly line. <laughs> um, and I like to think that the dashes or the squiggly lines kind of represent like the ocean or like the waves and like putting this kind of like forward or even backward movement into the poem. Like each of the different phrases kind of like, um, they kind of move forward, but they're also like um, reminding us of like what came before it. And so I really like the way those dashes represent that kind of water, you know, like that kind of um, washing. Um, and I think this poem definitely right about losing someone, someone passing away. Um, I also think it's about like what it means to attempt to return because um, maybe like in the middle towards the end of the poem, the speaker makes an attempt to get home before their mother passes away. Um, like when it says, um, when she went home for the last time, I didn't get to hold her hand as she died. And I said, I tried just means I couldn't make it in time. Um, so like not being able to go back and not being able to like be there as someone passed away, which is a very intimate moment. And so we have like two kind of breaking intimate moments happening at once. Um, and in some ways, like our lives move forward despite us, like despite what we intend or um, even if we try so hard. I know so many people in my family who have attempted to go and return home to the Philippines so that they could be there as a loved one passed away. But then learning that the person passed away in the middle of the transit, you know, like that's very Saturn to me. Um, and it's, it's very sad, you know, and sometimes like Sadness is there, grief is there, but the lesson is also there. Um, not everything has to be a lesson, but there is something, whether it's an emotion or, you know, um, a moment, right? Like those things are there. Um, and I really like this poem also because it's about a photo, you know, like, um, and maybe how people still print photos, but photos symbolize here this documentation, this record. Um, Instagram is also the same. It's basically a fucking digital album, right, that we all look at. And so our memories don't just um, capture a still, they also move, right? Like it moves our memories and our minds kind of go back to a different time. Um, and we could also see where we have moved forward since we have seen that photo or been the person in that photo. Um, and I think this is a really great thing that poets do is like we write poems based on photos as one way to still kind of like make the poem come alive. So 
I just wanted to share that. I think there's a lot of movement in the poem. And even though Saturn sucks sometimes, is it Saturn or is it us? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that should be in the description or title somewhere. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I'll add that in. But yes, okay. that's all I have for the poem. <laughs> I I like that you mentioned and, and and that this poet also mentions in the poem too right like yeah like the, the, they they're dealing with this or just personal like horrible tragedy of like having like their mom pass away and then like not being able to make it there in time like while the mom mm-hmm. was like visiting home visiting the Philippines and that but that this experience is both personal and collective like they even mention in the poem right like there's a line on here that says like one in five um yeah yeah one out of five like leave to a new country and that is Mm -hmm. just like an unfortunate reality of just so um of many Filipinos that I think a lot of people take for granted like I could probably count on like I think I've got like I think I have family in at least two dozen countries like different countries around the world and they're Mm -hmm. all there for work they're not all there because they're like gallivanting and like good vibes Mm -hmm. only like I'm just gonna find myself (laughs) free love shit you know no they're there for work they're there because there's no work back home Mm -hmm. and I like so yeah I'm glad like they mentioned it in the poem and I'm like like, glad you mentioned it too that it is just something that's just so freaking common like I hear the story like way too often of just like Mm. um and it just constantly makes me wonder how many people would have been able to see their loved one before they passed if home wasn't so far away Mm -hmm. yeah damn that is a good question and like very relevant today too right like so many stories of people who've had to say goodbye to their loved ones over the phone you know like what does it mean to have to say goodbye that way I remember having to hold the phone for my Ninang who was saying her goodbyes to my mom, you know, like that is a very scary, intimate moment and it's still full of love. You know, it can be scary and still full of love. Um, but yeah, that one in five statistic just really stands out here in the poem. Um, and yeah, like uh, as part of the poem, um, Kay Ulanda Ibert says, Um, my family is from the Philippines and survived the corruption of the U.S. Filipino regime during martial law, which led to their forced migration to the United States. So in some ways that, you know, leaving to a new country to start a job or, and is also like the Philippines exporting its people and its labor. And it's like, even though you're somewhere else, right? Like those lives still move, like they still carry on, even if you're elsewhere. Um, But damn, yeah, it's a very real thing. I thought this is a good Saturn poem to choose. Like, I think your points on the movement in the poem is also just like a good one to just kind of make about Saturn. Cause like, yeah, Saturn, it can really like push us a lot of times to just wait and to be still. Like, like even literally right now, we're both dealing with these injuries, but in the long run, like no, Saturn is going to still be movement, right? But it is always just kind of toward just kind of some like bigger thing that's mm-hmm. often can't go even just goes beyond like our lifetimes but yeah no there's mm-hmm. definitely still movement there just maybe sometimes slower or maybe sometimes like you gotta make some stops you gotta stop and rest sometimes along the way too so yes yes yeah. oh man i guess we'll read more poems again soon yeah um should we go to our shout outs pal mm-hmm. i know like what a time i know you're like drinking water <laughs> sorry shout out to water <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was gonna say that. 
<laughs> oh my god no seriously shout out to water but fuck all the people who constantly try to privatize it <laughs> oh my but god I just thought about that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um let's see I just I guess like in my continuing shout outs to students and teachers I just want to say shout out to you for finishing I don't know anywhere from 16 to 17 weeks of staring at your computer and trying to make meaningful connections so shout out to you all (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the people with Saturn and Aquarius because you're beginning your Saturn return but then also shout out to the people with Saturn and Capricorn because congratulations you are done with your Saturn return (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've passed the test no just kidding um let's see um let's see I don't know I don't know if I have any more I guess like um shout out to people also nursing an injury I hope you take care of yourself <laughs> yes oh my god I think my last shout out is I know I made the shout out it was either the episode before or the episode two like two episodes before but yeah shout out to healthcare professionals like mm. my my family you know being a home again like with my family it's like they all work in healthcare they're all actually going to get the vaccine really soon so mm. um I know they're like a little apprehensive and scared and I am a little bit too but like overall I'm also just kind of like really like I mean I the report so far is that it's like fine so mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited that they're going to be protected because cases are spiking here in San Diego. Yeah. And if you're wondering how the vaccine is going for people, I'm sure you could find any local or national politician who is performing their activism on their Instagram. So. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The shade. I love it. I had to throw that in there. I'm so upset about it. I, I, I think what would be a more um, needed uh, moment of solidarity would be like, we're going to get this when all of my constituents are able to get it. Like that would be more meaningful to me. So yeah. 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 I had to throw that in there, but yes. Okay. Damn. Okay. Well, we will <laughs> keep you all posted soon on what's coming and when season two is coming. So yeah. thank you all for listening. <laughs> Thanks for being good listeners. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye.